With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics right here on Blog Talk Radio. Hercules Invictus and Athena Victory celebrate the mythic impulses of ancient Greece and Rome, and they invite you to celebrate with them. Welcome to Voice of Olympus. Welcome to Mount Olympus. I am Hercules Invictus. My Olympian mission is to promote lifelong personal development, human empowerment, out-of-the-box thinking, creative self-expression, and a dedication of one's unique talents to community service. All of my labors in this lifetime celebrate the hero's journey in myth, legend, spirituality, popular culture, and in daily life. I firmly believe that the human spirit is essentially heroic and always seeking ways to express its innate nobility and greatness, and that a life fully lived, dedicated to actualizing the highest we can conceive, is the noblest expression of human existence. Today, I'm very honored to bring you Lee Dahl, and we'll be exploring the creative work of Lee Dahl. Uh, Lee is a actor and a producer, and I'm sure a writer in many other things. Uh, greetings and welcome, Lee. How are you? I'm doing well tonight, and thank you for having me on your program. I really feel honored and, uh, to be honest, a little bit humbled to to be asked to participate. Well, thank you very much for your kind words, and I'm honored uh, to have you here as well. I've been uh, exploring your website and uh, your listing on IMDb. Uh, So you're someone who is comfortable in their unique creative self-expression, and that's awesome. Well, I think that each person is is creating all the time, and it's, it's a matter of, you know, directing, you know, your creative impulses. We all have these impulses. Uh, I know for a long time myself along my journey, I, I um, was lost and, and uh, manifested like negative experiences. Mm. And I read a, yeah, I, I, the, I read a book, someone who was witnessing uh, my struggles with life. This was going back to when I was a teenager he suggested I read a book called The Power of Positive Thinking. An awesome and I thought, book. boy, what yeah, I thought what a load of bunk that is. But it uh once I got into the book and as most books, the first chapter or so it's you know, gives you a lot of background and then w- once I was immersed in the book, it 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 was a life changing experience. And uh, it made me realize that I was blaming others and the world and the universe and, 
you name it, for my existence. And once I took the responsibility that my life was my own and I could do whatever I want with it, then things magically changed and uh, opportunities presented themselves and I, I, I knew how to respond. So that that's like, you know, in a nutshell, what, what changed my life. But uh, I, I think that everyone is capable of doing great things if they want to. And, and I wanted to do great things. I, I don't know if I've accomplished that yet, but I've certainly have managed to do uh, a lot of things that I wanted to do years ago when I would only sit around, uh, like we say, on the bar stool and tell others uh, what, what you'd like to do, and they would just, uh-huh, uh-huh, have another, you know, but uh, – <laughs> But but now and that was a part of my journey too was uh, eliminating uh, that uh, the alcohol that was really holding me back. I, it was creating a fantasy world, you know, that I was living in. But uh, that was the the power of positive thinking and mm-hmm. the uh, eliminating the drinking really changed things for me. I'm glad that you found that book. Yes, can you hear me? I'm glad that you found that book, and I'm glad that you took uh, the steps uh, that you did, and you've enriched the world through your creativity. Well, thank you very much. That's very kind of you to say that. So I I always – Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say I I, I was always attracted to entertainment as a child. You know, I I was a, a television baby. I, you know, grew up with television and radio and and at the time radio was top 40 and Mm -hmm. um, I don't even know what, what it is anymore. Um, And I wanted to be part of that. And one of my mistakes was just thinking that everybody wanted to to do that. (laughs) And and they, I mean, people are, are very uncomfortable in front of the camera, which, Oh, I just love it. You know? And, um, so, um, I got into theater at a young age. My parents were involved in, in a very professional amateur theater, and they talked the producer of, of their theater presentations of giving uh-huh. me roles, this background or crowd roles. So to them, they said, this will save us from having to pay a babysitter. I think at the time, <laughs> the going rate was 75 cents an hour, so they saved a couple of dollars but once I had the experience of being on stage and having an audience clap and uh it's it's very addictive and Mm -hmm. so through through my childhood and school years I was in a lot of uh, plays at school and things like that and then you know when you get to high school sometimes that's it's just not cool being part of the theater crowd but what was cool was being in bands. And uh-huh. um, I'll be honest, I don't play any musical instruments, but a, a friend told me one time, he said, have you ever thought about being a singer in a band? And I said, yes, well, hasn't anybody? And he said, I think you would be a good front man with your theater experience. And I said, well, I don't play any instruments. He said, well, you don't. He said, uh, what the, he said, you know, you don't see really Mick Jagger and Elvis and Jim Morrison playing instruments, although they they hold them from time to time. He said, but they had a way of, you know, crowd to play attention. So he taught me, you know, how to uh, to learn songs, which I really had never learned them, and uh, and that was the beginning of oh basically a lifetime of being in bands uh now they they would call the type of music classic rock and uh mm-hmm. i think we called it old back then and but i always had my eye on you know trying to be in movies and all and at the time when i was growing up you either had to go to new york or hollywood or someplace like that well as we got into i guess the 2000s would be you know, then 
people in my area. I'm in the uh, Baltimore, Washington area. Uh, I started reading about people who were making films, and I wanted to be part of it. And I, I was like, how do I get into this? Well, my idea was, and I recommend this to anyone trying to get into my films, uh-huh. I wrote to all the directors that I could in the area and said, how do I purchase your films? And every last one of them said, you can buy them direct from me. <laughs> and that's what I did. And they would autograph them. And I said, and I will get back in touch with you. I'll email you and uh, give you my review or my thoughts on the film. And that worked. And I have some lifelong friends or associates in the local film business from me reaching out and buying their films. Yeah, it cost Mm -hmm. me a small fortune, but I didn't do it all in one week, uh, you know, over time. And um, then that led to finding out when they were having premieres and when they were casting. And I finagled my way into films that way. That's in the great. meantime, I was still in, in, you know, performing in bands, mm-hmm. and um, and that's how I did it. And so, and any of your listeners wanting to be cast in my films, write to me, and I'll tell you where to send the check, or or we take credit cards too, or pay PayPal. No, I'm only joking about that. <laughs> but it did work for me, and um, uh-huh. and it actually. Uh, I think over the years, a couple of people have done that and, you know, started a dialogue and they found their way into uh, my films. That is awesome. Um, I know that uh, um, I did something very similar back in the days when I had a fringe uh, cable show, like uh, it must have been over 20 years ago now. Um, and uh, I got to know people uh, again uh, through the show and by doing reviews uh, and then having them on the show during the talk segments. And uh, I found myself in a bunch of uh, low-budget uh, films, you know, as myself, which was, which was pretty interesting. I was like, where's Waldo for a while in fringe indie films? So, yeah, you've That's given people fun. great advice, very valuable advice, and very true advice. Well, yeah, it's it's. I mean, a lot of times people say, yeah, I want to be in your movie, and how do I get to be in your movie and stuff like that? But when someone says, I'd like to buy, you know, your films or your CDs, well, you tend to pay them more attention. You know that right. they're, they're serious because they're willing to invest mm-hmm. in your films. And, in your uh, success. So how many so movies that's, do you find yourself in? Uh, so that's how you began your – you went from theater – uh, to being in movies, uh, and uh, how many films were you in before you decided to become a filmmaker yourself? Uh, not a whole, um, maybe a half a dozen, and then uh-huh. I, um, and, and then around this time, uh, let's see, this would be, I would say, two thousand seven. YouTube was just really becoming into their own. I don't know if that is when Google bought YouTube or or whatever, but YouTube was becoming a thing. And I um, I was, uh, I guess another different thing about me, if I could just take this side road here, is that I have always been interested in other performers too. And as a result, I, through my company called Neat Face Records, I have, I think it's about 15 artists that I've promoted their music, signed them to the label, and we've either put them in the studio or if they had recordings already, released them, you know, via the Internet. And, mm-hmm. and of course, now that's the whole thing is, is digital. So I, I've always had this split personality of being a performer and also being a manager promoter type guy and and I'm I'm able to do it all. So one of my discoveries was a 
Oh, my Lord. She must have been about 12. Uh, Luana Lee. And uh, we we put her in the studio. I think the first time she actually came and sang on one of my songs. And she was so professional. I think she was nine when she did that. And wow. she was just so professional in the studio that I kept it in mind. I said, I'm going to record some things with her. So that's what we did. We were doing an album with her and um, her big idol, which is so strange because let me think now she must be, oh, in her mid twenties. Now she likes Brenda Lee. And of course, Brenda Lee's heyday was the late fifties and early sixties. And everybody Mm -hmm. um, knows the uh, rocking around the Christmas tree song by Brenda Lee, but this was her idol. And, and, and then her name is Luanna Lee. And Brenda Lee is Little Miss Dynamite. So I said, well, Luana Lee, you must be Little Miss TNT. And we <laughs> started that phrase, and it really helped. So we were working on an album, and then YouTube was coming along, and I said, I should try to make a music video to promote her music. We were still recording the album. So I contacted uh, the director, it was Chris LaMartina, and he's really like, he does horror movies, but they're kind of like horror comedies. Uh-huh. And, and he had cast me as a psychiatrist that turns into a vampire. Oh, and I cool. asked him, if, I know, it was a, a wild experience with all that blood all over me, which was actually <laughs> uh, like corn syrup, you know, it was, oh, what a mess it was. But I asked him if he would uh, shoot a music video, and I said um, I would be willing to pay you, and I don't know how I came up with this figure. I said I would be willing to pay you $300 to shoot a music video. And, of course, you know, we all know, like, Michael Jackson, I think he spent a million dollars on Thriller mm-hmm. or whatever. And, and of course, MTV, you'd always say, oh, it was 50000 for this. So here I am. $300. And he said, oh, that sounds good. And I said, well, wait a minute. Here's how I want to do it. I want you to meet with Luana Lee and myself. And if that goes well, and we set a date for filming, I'll give you $100. And then the day of filming, I'll give you another $100. And then when you deliver me the file, I'll give you the final $100. And I guess that came from you know, growing up and going to pool halls, and, and of course, <laughs> I did spend a couple of hours in a tavern where, you know, you don't just hand somebody $300, you never see them again. Right. So uh, so that's how we did it, and that was the way I became in it. And I tell everybody, you know, if you have $100, you can make a movie. And it really does work out that way where if, you know, there's no time, no matter if a movie costs you $50,000, you don't need $50,000 at one time. But you, you need $100 here and $100 there. And and that's been, it, well, it's no secret because I'm telling you right now how I've managed to do stuff. The main thing with people, if they want to make films or or go in the studio and record, well, now a lot of people, they record in their bedroom. Um it's just deciding. Make a decision, a choice. Mm-hmm. What you want to do, and then, believe me, once you decide you want to do something, the people will come crawling out of the woodwork, telling you why you can't do it or why you of shouldn't course. do it. So, with some people say, "Don't tell anybody what you're going to do or whatever," but that's not always true because there are people who are willing to help you for whatever reason. Maybe they feel they will get something out of it or, you know, a credit, you know. So we did the one music video, and it got a little bit of traction. Then I started thinking, I remembered a show, and you may be as young as I am, The Adventures of Ozzy and Harriet. Yes. And at the end of the show, they would devote three or four minutes to their son, Ricky Nelson, and he would perform a song. And I said, hmm, maybe that's what I should do is create a little show 
and then put a music video at the end. That would be a great way of promoting Luana Lee. Mm -hmm. So I went back to Chris LaMartina, and I said, this is what I want to do. He said, I'm not interested. I said, what do you mean? I'll be willing to pay you. He said, look, dude, he said, I make horror movies. He said, you're talking about something like the Olsen twins or something. He said, that's not me. So that put me back a little bit. And then I remember overhearing him telling an actress that we were at, I think, a premiere or something. He said, yeah, that Lee Dow, he's a good producer. We shot this music video. He had everything lined up and even had good snacks and all like that. And (laughs) it hit I never thought of myself as a producer, but that's what I do because I come up with an idea or somebody tells me an idea, and then I bring everything together to, as you like to say, manifest it. Mm-hmm. And so, so, I, so after he turned me down, I was looking for people to do this show with me, and I went through four writers, four directors, before I finally shot the first one, and uh, we shot it in eight days. And mm-hmm. but the fellow who was shooting it, well, that was. Let me just back up a little bit. So uh, Chris had graduated from Towson University, and there was a whole class of filmmakers that graduated with him. And since you know the Baltimore Washington area is small, I mean they call it small more sometimes, you know, I was running into these other people that went to school with him, and I was approaching them about doing a music video for 300. Now, these guys just got out of school. They hardly had any credits, and, mm-hmm. you know, doing a mu- music video is cool, you know, and right. so we were doing, and, and now over the years, um, I think I've produced or directed or both 60-some music videos. Wow. And that's sort of like my thing to do. And um, well, anyway, and then get back to the – I came up with a working title, The Adventures of Luana Lee. And that I got that from The Adventures of Ozzy and Harriet. And <laughs> my favorite show, Adventures of Superman. So, and I thought, well, we'll change the title when we get into production. But everybody loved it so much. And then I love mysteries, and I wanted to make it a mystery. And I'll never forget saying to Luanna, hey, yeah, we'll make it like you're like a teenage detective. She said, I hate that. She said, I, when the Olsen twins did that detective show, oh, that just sucked and all. But I said, well, just give it a try. And we're going to make you a tomboy. She said, I am not a tomboy, you know, because she's like real girly, girly, you know, with everything. But anyway, uh-huh. we we shot the first one. And Matt Barry, he, uh, I think he actually works for Kino now, which is, of course, a big film uh, distributor of, of classic films like Charlie Chaplin and Buster Keaton. So he said, listen, I'm moving to New York. I'll be able to film it, but I won't be able to edit. So I said, well, okay, we'll deal with that. Then I, I did give someone who – I asked someone who had shot a music video if they would edit, and they came to the um, a couple of the shootings, and then they said, man, this is too big for me. So there I was. I think it was the second day of filming, and I had no editor, and I was afraid to tell anybody. Well, one of the actors that I cast – was Wayne Shipley. Now, Wayne had hired me to be in his Western. He does Westerns here in this area. Wow. I mean, we're as far as the Old West. He's done three Westerns now, and he does a series that's on Amazon called Tales of the Wild West. And um, Very cool. I had cast him. He had cast me in his film, and then I'd asked him to be in mine because we actually needed a horse. And he he owned a couple horses. So I said, yeah, I lost my editor. And he said, well, let me talk to Jeff Herberger and see if he's interested. Well, what I knew about Jeff Herberger from talking to different people in the business was he was the best editor in the area, but he didn't come cheap. 
Uh-huh. So I'm like, oh, boy, what I got myself into. So apparently when I talked to him, he had checked out some of my music videos and other things. He said, hey, I like what you're doing. You know, most of the guys in this area, they do horror movies. And, like, Wayne Shipley and, <laughs> and myself, we're, like, two of the people who, who do not really do horror movies. So, um, anyway, he said, let's meet and talk it over. And we came to a deal, and there again, he gave me a price for editing and what that would include and everything. And he said, I just I require a down payment. He said, then you can make payments as you go along. And I believe Jeff will still work that way now. Um, so I didn't have to have a, a wheelbarrow full of money at one time. And I was able to, I think he said, listen, I'm going away. Maybe we met in a month or something. So that gave me time to get some of these $100 together uh-huh. because, you know, I could always manage to put away $100, you know, instead of, buying a boatload of magazines or DVDs, you know, mm-hmm. I set that aside filming or recording. And so he edited the first one, the first adventures of Luana Lee. And then he was pointing out all the mistakes. And he said, well, you know, it could have been lit better here, or the sound here. And I said, does that mean we can't go forward? He said, oh, no. He said, I'm just telling you, if you're going to do any more, that you should do it this way or that way. He said, no, I'm going to get something here. You know, we're going to take what we have and and get something. So he convinced me to do another one because I just thought, well, I'll do this one. And I think Uh most people feel this way. You do one and see what happens. So we were, before we even finished, you know, getting back, we were already knee deep into making the second one. And I really had a lucky break there in the Washington area for years. There was a horror host on Saturdays, you know, would show like, you know, some schlocky movie. And his Uh name was Camp Gore Vidal. And (laughs) I had met him at a a horror convention. And and the actress that I cast as the mother of Luana Lee, Leanna Chamish, she was actually friends with him, and, uh, you know, they they go back years. So I said, do you think he would appear in this? She's going, I don't know. He might be interested. He likes to act and, and all like that. And then there was a movie about him that came out, and I was at the premiere, and, and Luana went with me, and, and um, Leanna introduced me. He said, you remember Lee Dow? You met him at the uh, – fine convention and he said and that's Luanna Lee the singer Little Miss TNT and it, <laughs> I about fell over that I, I like my promotion was working that he knew that and so said he would consider it and, and, and the script and all and he was basically in the script he was playing a variation of himself and he was kind of I don't know but then we decided in, in the pre-production meeting well, let's make him a real vampire, and let's put a love scene in with him and Leanna. Well, those two things, he said, I'm on board. And it really gave us some credibility. And, and at this time, the first actor that I signed to do the series is George Stover. And George Stover, I think every movie that's made in the Baltimore area, he is in. But he's he's been making films since the 70s, and and I, I was fortunate enough to meet him, and, and, and we've had a friendship ever since we met, and he agreed to, to, be, to play the grandfather in Adventures of Luana Lee, and he's the one who uh, we were at, at this premiere, and he said to Leanna, hey, I'm doing it. Why don't you come aboard too? And she said, okay, and it was that simple. So I had two season pros. And then I had Luana and her friend from school that they did plays together, Victoria Gottlieb. So I had two basically amateurs and two professionals, and that's the way we went. I think the first one, there might have only been seven people in the cast. Uh But but we went ahead with it. Uh, 
what was fortunate for me at the time, I was working at an antique store on Main Street in Old Ellicott City, which is a historic town. I'm, I mean, it was the, um, I mean, they, it, it's actually older than the country. I think 1752 it goes back. And, and the people who owned the store, it was called Cottage Antiques. It was Blair Jett and his mom, Joan Malpas. And they said, listen, you could film here whenever we're not open. So they closed at 6 p.m. and didn't reopen until 11 a.m. So we could film all night. And, boy, what a production value, All you know, uh-huh, all yeah. the stuff that's antique stores and the town itself. And they welcome people filming because they know it promotes the town. So that yes. was a big advantage that I had. But that let me say this to people, too. Use what you have. Wherever you work, if you could film there or if your uncle owns a store or he owns a farm or whatever, use the resources that you have. And a lot of people will do it for free, knowing you're yes. just starting out or for a credit. I mean, I never realized how giving someone a credit at the end of a movie, how that really has a lot of value. Yes, it does. Uh, I remember when I had my Fringe show again. My Fringe show started on UHF. Uh, then it was on UHF in like local cable. Uh, then uh, right. some digital company had it playing in like 300 cities uh, for a while, and then the internet, you know, came along. So the uh, the uh, local cable station put it on the internet, uh, and uh, a credit uh, meant a lot. And uh, I got a lot of interns. I used to run internship programs in human services, so I set one up for my productions. And uh, I would get, I would let people actually do the job at hand and then give them credit for it. And these credits were very valuable, and they got them really good jobs afterwards. So you're, you're absolutely right. That credit is something of great value. And, and the other thing that helped me was um, encouraging other people who wanted to be in the business and helping them get into it. And so as a result, I have a little core uh, people, like my production team, uh, Alfred Guy and uh, Steve Ripkin and uh, Kate Jackson, who now she goes uh, strictly as Kate now because she was so tired of people thinking that she was from Charlie's Angels. (laughs) So. And actually, Kate and I have have been doing some recording together. She is really like my, and I, I hate to use this term, like Girl Friday, but she she has started out as an assistant, and I think that she runs everything I do now, and, and I'm just a figurehead because it seems like she's more involved in the production than I am. And every now and then I have to ask her, what is it I do? And she <laughs> reminds me that, she says, "Without you, nothing would happen." So, so it's it's, yeah. it's working out pretty good. But she, I I first uh, met her. Uh, she came on to a set. I was doing a film called The Fixer, and she is a friend of Alfred Guy's, and he invited her to the set, and she showed up, and and I was like, well, "Who is this? Who? What? What is she doing here?" Well, come to find out, she is a certified. Uh, makeup artist, which I don't even wow. think you get a certificate anyway. But she went to school for it, a trade school, and has a diploma, which now I think anybody can say they're a makeup artist, but she really has the uh, credentials. And, and then she started doing makeup on the fixer. And as I got to know her, um, I said, I'm getting ready to go into production on another Adventures of Luada Lee would you be willing to do that? And, you know, I was wondering about uh, wardrobe. Would you help coordinate that? And she agreed. And over time, she became um, production manager and uh, and producing things. And I, she's listed on, um, like, the documentary we did about George Stover. I know she's listed as a producer on that. And, um, and we did a, a thing called Fred Mulligan Showcase of Stars and, She's a producer of, of that. 
But, uh, you know, as you spend time with her, and she was doing a lot of the back-end stuff with me because, as you know, when you make the movie, that's just the beginning. Yes. And then you have to, you know, get it distributed and, or, or whatever and uploaded and all this other stuff. And, and I, I've never had any uh, formal education in making films, and so I need all the help I can get. And and I, you know, I would catch her singing. You know, I would I would hear her singing, and then I'd walk in the room, and she would stop and all like that. And I realized she really had a pleasant voice. And then, well, as we were driving to film locations, sometimes we were singing together. And 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 I'm like, God, does this sound as good as I think? And then she was saying the same thing. So I said, <laughs> Why don't we uh, start recording? And actually, the last year has been the best time with the pandemic because it's filming is, I, I know some people are still filming, but it just seems so difficult, you know, yeah. with, you know, with COVID and all. But the one studio that I've been using for years, uh, Bill Pratt, is, his studio is called the Bratt Studios. Uh, when I talked to him, I said, I guess you're not doing any business. He said, I am busier than ever. He said, mostly with singer songwriters, he said, everybody wears masks. He said, in between clients, he said, I sterilize everything and Lysol and wipe, wipe down everything. And he said, uh, he said, and then when, when the singing is, is supposed to happen, he said, of course, they have to take off their mask. He said, but I'm in the control booth with, behind two doors and double-pane glass. So we started recording together um I guess during the summer, and then I don't. We like Sonny and Cher, which I, I imagine some of the younger people are. That's beyond them. But Sonny and Cher, what they would do would they would record songs together, and then Cher would record a song. And of course, Sonny was involved and in all like that. And that's what we're doing. Um, we're we're doing some songs where Kate. Uh, you know, it's released just as Kate, and then we just released a song in January, Lee and Kate, and we're working on the follow-up that now we were in the studio Wednesday. So that's what what I've been doing recently. I haven't been doing any filming. The last filming I was involved, I believe it was December 2019, and that was for Wayne Shipley. And there again, Kate was working as the uh, makeup artist on that, and I was a production assistant. And then the last minute, they said, hey, we could really use someone to be the hangman. There's no lines. And you just basically walk into the scene, put the noose around the guy's neck, and pull it tight, and then we fade to black. But uh, I got a lot of credit on that. And, that, and that's uh, the Tales of the Wild West. Uh-huh. On Amazon. And uh, once that began, they were looking for a narrator. And uh, Jeff Herberger was uh, editing that, and he said, "Hey, try this. Read this part, and and um, let me see what you sound like." And it was like the way the words were. I just went into like this old cowboy voice. Man, uh, back in Missouri, they was getting <laughs> some cattle. And and he said, "Okay, that's good enough." So he sent it to Wayne Shipley, who's known me for years, and he said, "I got an editor. What do you think of this?" And Wayne said, that sounds exactly what I'm looking for. Who is that? And Jeff said, you know him. And Wayne was naming all these people. And Jeff said, that's Lee Dahl. He said, no way. That doesn't sound anything like it. Well, of course, I was trying to hide the Baltimore accent. Uh, uh, I hope you have a filter on to get that out for your show. No, no, no. It's it's great the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> you have great sense of humor. Well, obviously, having me on the show, you need a sense of humor. No, you're great. You're a great storyteller, and you're very generous with your life lessons. Because um, as you were speaking and sharing those things, I was nodding because I didn't have any background in uh, television production, but I had, I had a TV show. And we'll share that story on another day because now we're focusing on, on you. And uh, you've made a lot of films. You've made series, and you have, of course, the music videos. Uh, that you've been talking about. You have a great uh, website. 
Um, do you want to give us like a tour of your work? Well, it started uh, as far as the, the film. Well, let me back up a little bit. But so I, okay. I, uh, I was in a band in the. I was in several bands, but but in '81, I got into a band that was called Wally and the Weirdos, and I was like, oh my god, I hate this name, but these guys are are working, and uh, they were a three piece when when I joined. And I was actually sharing the uh, lead vocals with uh, Russ Crouch. He started Wally and the Weirdos. But, uh, and then his roommate was uh, someone going to school for photography and film. Now, this is back in 8 millimeters. Well, actually, maybe it was Super 8, but it was film. And his name is Dave Clements. And he would take a lot of pictures of us and shoot a lot of films. And then he had to... Uh, films uh, for school, and he would get us guys to appear in them by bribing us with a uh, case of beer and uh, buckets of chicken. And um, so he had all this footage, the Wally and the Weirdos thing, and and um, we decided to make a movie about Wally and the Weirdos. And this would have been, I guess. 2015 or something like that and he had all this footage and and we were able to use all this footage from the 80s this it was uh mostly super 8 and but there was some vhs and then mm-hmm. kate at the time i was producing this show on youtube and and we had it on face, facebook it was called the kate show and and you can find it on on um I think on Facebook it's called the Kate Show. On YouTube it's called the Kate Network. Okay. And basically, what we it was an interview show. She would sit behind a desk, and 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 we would have a guest on there. And a lot of the times it was a coincidence, believe me, that these guests were somehow involved in my films. And when she would interview them, they would talk about my movies. It was just awesome. the weirdest. So anyway. That was, uh, she would tell them, she says, listen, these are the uh, 10 questions I'm going to ask you. So it's no, I got you or anything like that. And uh-huh. then, you know, what do you want to promote or whatever like that? So it was very, very comfortable. So she said, I'm going to get the members of Wally and the Weirdos and I'm going to interview them. And I said, well, good luck with that because a couple of those guys don't even speak to each other. Uh, two of them are deceased, and then one works for some secret government organization, or we don't know what happened. Well, she got everybody she could, and including Dave Clemens, the photographer, interviewed them all, and then we had that footage and incorporated that with the footage from, I think it was from 1984, 85, and we put that together, and that ran on um, Amazon Prime for, I think, four years. And then finally, I had a, at one time, I had about 30 different programs on Amazon Prime. Wow. But I don't know what your experience with that is. is but then they started, yeah, they started kicking them off, and now I think I have maybe a half a dozen. I, I know I only have one movie on there, The Power of Balance, which is known, we call it that, and I have some music videos and some short subjects, but, you know, when Amazon Prime started their TV network, oh, they were welcoming the independent yeah. artists, directors, but now that they've reached a certain plateau, you'll get this notice, oh, uh, our audience has reviewed this and, and said that they don't care for this. So they, they kick you off, you know. So that's oh, what happened to me over here. But it's it's just part of show business. There'll be something else coming along that'll replace it. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, it was good for a while, and and the the payout was really good. Uh, uh, you know, then they kept then they after a while they cut that in half, and then they cut that in half, and now it's oh you get like a penny. Somebody watches your show for an hour, I think now, but and and it may even be less than that, but you know, sort of like 
like what you get for streaming songs. But it's all show business. You know, if you do it strictly for the money, I would just advise you find some other business to get into, right. whether stockbroker or whatever. Do it for the love of the art. And, I mean, I make my movies and record my songs for my own enjoyment. Yeah. And if someone else likes it, then that's a bonus. Of course you want others to like it, and you try to do things to make other people like it. But at the end of the day, it's for my own enjoyment, and and, and it just is. And it's and there's nothing wrong with that because you, I started with nothing or an idea, mm-hmm. and then I put it together, and and there it is. You know, it's you could either hold it if it's on a DVD or if it's a song on a CD or or you know tune into the internet and there it is. You know, YouTube or or whatever, and and it's a great feeling of satisfaction when you create something and it's there for others to partake in it, you know, up to them, you know, there's so many choices now. I'm, you know, I, I grew up, there was street channels on television and there was UHF and and held on to the antenna. You could get it. But anyway, I don't want to sound like I'm that ancient because the best is yet to come for me. Very good. That's that's that, that's the attitude uh, to take. And uh, um, I miss uh, producing. And I've been toying with the idea of producing again. Um, and uh, your your um, experiences sparked many memories. <laughs> so it stoked that fire. But what you're saying is right. All you need is an idea. Um, I wanted to. Um, when I grew up, I used to read uh, paranormal anthologies with like lurid titles. And I really liked those as, as a kid and I enjoyed them throughout my life, you know, and uh, uh, somebody said, why don't you write one? So I did. And uh, in two years I've been in 16 published anthologies. So that too, it just started with it. You have to give yourself permission. It seems <laughs> to do the things in your mind. And you're right. People I, I will try to tell you you don't know what you're doing and you shouldn't do it. And uh, who are you to think? But you can't listen to that. Thank them for their advice or their concern, uh, but just ignore it and move forward. And most people feel they're unworthy. That is that is mm-hmm. a big uh, yeah. challenge for most people. You know where they they oh I don't deserve this or or oh I don't know that. You know, it, it had that lack of confidence where uh, one of the things that helped me and it's still helping me today is the old saying, fake it till you make it. You know, uh-huh. so, you know, I took on the persona of a producer and a director and and people believed it and and, and they they would look to me, okay, what do we what do we do next? And and, and I would know what to do. And and, uh, and and it's great when you have people that help you. And it's it's the old people are always willing to help those who help themselves. Yeah. And and people are watching you, and especially when you're involved in entertainment. What is he up to? Oh, he's doing this and doing that. Oh, he did that because I came from singing in rock bands and. I felt that a lot of people in the film business believed that I had no business trying to be in the film business. I should just stick with what I was doing. But then I gradually won them over by what I accomplished. You know, it wasn't like that wasn't my goal. Oh, I got to win them over. But but it was the turning point where I was I was nobody, didn't do anything. I mean, the the first film that I did, which was One-Eyed Horse, and that had a cast, I believe, at least 150 people. It was a, a Western. And I was the only person there who had no kind of um, credentials other than the plays I did in school. And they would all talk about how they were, they were doing this and dinner theaters. And, and I was just like, oh, my God, I am so way over – my head, but I, I tried to just uh, 
spent a lot of time listening and being polite. You know, I learned a long time ago that please and thank you will open up more doors yeah. than anything. And, and, and then I used those relationships as I got into films. And, and yeah, not everyone was nice to me, but, but that's the way life is. You're not going to, yeah. it's, it's not anything worthwhile. Isn't going to be easy. See, there is a little bit of struggle to it and, and you just have to keep, going and and yeah do you get discouraged and down yeah but don't let it last more than a day you know you know you can you can wallow in self-pity for a day everybody (laughs) can can do that but then the next day you got to get back out there and and start swinging and unfortunately we're nearing the we have less than 10 minutes uh, to go and uh, I'd like you to share your contact information. Um, and uh, um, I'm definitely going to have you on again so we can t- take a, a more leisurely oh, through great. your creative uh, work. But uh, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I really appreciate that. Well, of course, everybody loves the Book of Faces. So on Facebook, I mean, you can look me up. It's Lee Dow, L-E-E-D-O-L-L. That's my personal page, but I also have a page called Lee Dow Film Productions. And then for the music acts that I, that I handle, that's on Facebook as Neat, N-E-A-T, Face, F-A-C-E, Records, Neat Face Records. And they're my main uh, pages on Facebook. I have other pages like if I do a movie, like there's a no stop in the stover, rise and fall in love. You know, most of my movie titles have pages. We're not super active on there. Um, well, to be honest, I kind of backed away from Facebook over the last year or so. With There was so much politics on there. It was really, yeah. I mean, people people were downright mean. And it was, you know, it was affecting my mood. So anyway, I do have a legit uh, website, and that's LeeDoll.com. There again, L-E-E-D-O-L-L.com. You can find a lot of stuff out. And uh, somebody, there's how to write to me there. It's uh, Lee at LeeDoll.com. And, and, you know, people are welcome. I, I encourage them to reach out to me on Facebook and, and um, you know, I do what I can to help them or, you know, I, I don't mind giving advice, you know, that that's one no, thing that's free. So um, I try to help others like I've been helped. And, and that's a heroic quality that you have. And, and again, you were very, very generous with your, uh, experiences and uh, making it easier for people who listen to you speak uh, to go out and do this if that's what they have a mind uh, to do. We have a couple of more minutes left, and I want to ask you about your uh, your sword and sandal fan. And we met uh, through one of my sword and sandal uh, groups on uh, uh, Facebook. Um, have you ever done a sword and sandal movie or show, or do you plan on doing one? I- I have not. Oh, I, I would love to do that. That would definitely be an epic. But, um, you know, the, uh, there was a show that used to come on Saturday afternoon. The, now I know more about it. But it was called Sons of Hercules. So yes. what some <laughs> producer did is he he took sword and sandal movies and them down and did some narration at the beginning. Like it may be a Samson movie. There were many sons of Hercules yes, back yes, in the yes. ancient and, and I think you could still get them off the uh, internet or whatever. But that's what, what started. Or maybe um, biblical movies because it was really, I think most of the people making the sword and sandal movies, they, they started with the big biblical uh, productions, you know, that were based out of Rome. And we're actually like international productions. And then, then they moved into, you know, the good guys versus the bad guys. And, and I believe a lot of those people then evolved into the, what we call spaghetti westerns. Yes. And then even, even the horror movies. 
but yeah, I I just love it, you know. And I was influenced by that show growing up as well, uh, the Mighty Sons of Hercules. And uh, uh, I'm a Lemnian Greek. So Lemnos is the island of the Amazon women that the Argonauts uh, landed at. And then in myth, they, they hung out there for like two years before continuing the trip. And they left behind children. Uh, anyway, that's uh, was, uh, and Hercules was among them. Hercules also went there with his friend Philoctetes. And uh, he built a temple to Athena at one point. And then Lemnos was the first place that Hercules as a full-blown god went down uh, to get uh, a bow from Philoctetes to give to Odysseus so that he could win the Trojan War. So that was woven into the tales I grew up with. So watching it on TV was a special uh, treat and I identified with it. I still do. Um, But uh, yeah, that influenced me as well. And we'll do another show on that. But uh, Lee... Um, I had a great time. You're awesome. And I look forward to uh, uh, interacting with you on Facebook and talking to you again on another show. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to joining you on another show sometime in the near future. Okay. Be well, my friend. You do the same. Thank you again. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, and thank you. And thanks to everybody who tuned in tonight, whether you listen to us live or you're going to join us later on demand. Uh, Until next time, this is us wishing you joyous journeys and amazing adventures. And uh, let me see here. I'll pick a song to close with, The Odyssey. Uh, I'm sure it has nothing to do with Ulysses, uh, but I'll play it anyway.
With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.